Welcome back to Suiting Up Varsity, a podcast dedicated to the sound of the band, the smell of popcorn, the feel of an old letter jacket, the sight of teenagers hoisting trophies above their heads, and most of all, to the grand history, fantastic stories, and engaging personalities of Nebraska prep sports. Join us as we look back in time at the great moments from a century plus of Nebraska high school athletics. We are back on the time machine this week and headed for 1987 and one of the most magical, the most Hollywood-like state basketball tournaments ever as Nebraska's version of the Hoosiers captures three games by two points or less and then rides off into the sunset. Let's start on March 12, 1987, as Dave Oman and his Norfolk Panthers begin their magical state tournament run. The Panthers of 87, playing just four months after the sports movie classic Hoosiers debuted in the theaters, are remembered for a great underdog upset. But they aren't exactly little sisters of the poor, or the Hickory Huskers for that matter, as they line up to face the defending state champion Omaha Burke Bulldogs in the opening round Thursday afternoon, Norfolk is 17-2 and has been rated number one for part of the season, and the senior-dominated team has been here before as back-to-back district champs. Still, there is great reason to remember them as Hickory, and the three Omaha and Lincoln teams they played as Muncie Central, As we circle the upper walkway at the Bob Devaney Sports Center on March 12th, up and down the steps, looking for the best seat to watch the four Class A games today, it has been 15 years since a team without Lincoln or Omaha in its name lifted the state basketball trophy in triumph. 15 years since Jack Johnson and his Columbus Discoverers were the 1972 champs. And before Columbus, it had been 11 years since the Fremont Tigers and Alba ruled the state's largest division. Two lonely outstate titles in 32 years. 32 years since Scott's Bluff won in 1955, wrapping up a decade of dominance by the Big Ten Conference, when Hastings, Fremont, Scott's Bluff, and Grand Island won a six titles combined. As we settle into some great B-section seats with a nice angle on the action of today's games, the outstate teams have spent a long time in the desert, and they are thirsty for a title. And it's Dave Oman who will be serving up the drinks. 1987 is Oman's 11th year in Norfolk. But he has been a prominent figure in Nebraska high school basketball since he took over the Table Rock Tigers straight out of college in 1969. Going through old clippings, it's easy to see that newspaper reporters loved him. He revives the program at Table Rock and then moves on to Wilbur, where he leads All-Stater Russ Johnson and his classmates, including future Creighton and Oregon head basketball coach Dana Altman, to the number one ranking in 1975 before they are derailed by the Friend Bulldogs in a killer district that included four rated teams. From the very beginning, Omen is quick with a fun quote. In his first year at Norfolk, 1977, Randy York of the Lincoln Star calls him the popular former Wilbur coach. Whether winning or losing, playing fast or stalling, Omen always has an interesting way to say it after the game. That wit has been tested in previous Norfolk visits to the state tournament. In 1979, Omen's third year up north, the Panthers had the biggest upset on a day of upsets in the first round. Omen confounded conventional wisdom and had his Panthers run with highly rated Omaha Tech, 
excuse me, they didn't run with the Trojans. Omen told the newspapers, quote, We felt we could run against them, not with them. You get into a lot of trouble if you try to run with them. Whatever that distinction means, the Panthers must have done it right, building an 18-point lead late in the third quarter before eliminating the third-rated Texters 80-60 for Norfolk's first state tournament win since 1966. The upsets were popping everywhere in 1979. An 8-loss Omaha Northwest team downed unbeaten number 1 Lincoln East. North Platte shocked number 4 Omaha South, and Lincoln Southeast stormed the court after beating number 2 Creighton Prep. District losses had knocked out numbers 5, 6, and 7, Burke, Lincoln High, and Benson, leaving number 8 Norfolk as the top-rated team left in Class A, and Norfolk fans dreaming of a Class A title. That dream wasn't to be, though, as Omaha Northwest, led by Leo Crawford's 28 points, ended the Panther season in the semis, 69-56. The unranked Huskies would beat similarly unranked Southeast for the title on Saturday. Their 15-8 overall record was the worst for a Class A champion since Sutton went 14-8 in 1922. It had been almost that long since Norfolk had played for a state title. The only time being a 10-8 loss to Ravana in the 1927 Class B finale, and the Panthers and Omen were back with high hopes in 1983, led by All-State big man Mac McGown and future NFL Super Bowl referee Cleet Blakeman. Norfolk thought it had its title team, but that train would derail in a Wednesday afternoon first-round game with a 12-9 Creighton Prep team. Prep hit 25 of 31 free throws in a double-overtime 65-64 heartbreaking win. The Panthers struggled to shoot 50% from the line as McGowan twice had chances to win the game with free throws in the dying seconds of regulation and in the first overtime, only to see them carry them off. Omen was dejected after that heartbreaker. He told the World Herald, quote, I thought we were the better team. We had a great opportunity to win it all. You won't see a team like this from Norfolk for a long time. Maybe Coach Omen didn't know what he had coming in the eighth grade that year. Maybe he was just really bummed. Maybe he considers four years a long, long time. No matter. It is just four years later, and here we are watching Omen and his 17-2 Panthers take on those defending champ Burke Bulldogs. Gone from the Bulldogs is the last second hero from last season, Dan Olson, whose putback at the end of the state championship game broke a tie with 85 champ Omaha Northwest and set off a Burke celebration as the Bulldog fans flooded the Devaney floor and their pep band blared the Stones' satisfaction. But now it's 1987 and Dan Olson is gone. On the other hand, 7'2 Husker recruit Rich King is back, and he's carrying the Burke offense. The score has been within four points either way for most of the game and was tied at halftime. A one-point Burke lead at the end of the third quarter has been reversed by Norfolk, and 6'3 forward Troy Drahota is leading the charge. Down three, big man King makes one more play as the future nba -er tips in a bucket for his 20th point to pull Burke within one, 58-57, with just two seconds left. The clock ticks to 001 before the Bulldogs get a timeout called. 
Omen puts center Jason Hoffman out of bounds and calls for a long pass to Drahota on the Panthers' offensive end. As long as the ball is touched on the floor, it doesn't matter who catches the ball clear down there, as the buzzer will sound before anything can derail the Panther dreams again. But disaster strikes, and Burke successfully screens Drahota from getting to the ball, and it bounces untouched out of bounds, giving the possession back to Burke underneath its offensive hoop. And oh yeah, the Bulldogs have a seven foot two guy uh, they can toss the ball up to. The six foot five Hoffman and the six foot seven Chad Furbacher are on the floor to defend the big guy. But as the lob goes up, it is Panther guard Chris Price who leaps and tips the ball away. Burke coach John Johnette hopes for a, for a second that a whistle will blow, but there is none, and Norfolk moves on to the semis. I aged about 10 years in that one second, Bowman will tell the Lincoln paper. The six foot three hero, Price, will add, it wasn't too hard to figure out who they'd go to. Let's take a quick time out to talk about the Nebraska High School Hall of Fame. One of my favorite attributes of the hall is that they have the uh, state track and field records measured out and represented along the walls and the floors of, of, of the exhibition hall. You can you know measure yourself against the greatest high jump ever. You can uh, have your kids take a jump and see how close they can come to Robert Rand's long jump record. Uh, it's a neat interactive element of the Hall of Fame. I know uh, my 10-year-old daughter really enjoyed those things when she was there. If you haven't taken your family to the hall yet, make it a part of your next trip to Lincoln. When we return to the Bob on Friday to watch the Panthers against number one Lincoln East, little do we know that we are destined to watch the Rob Faust show, as the five foot eight inch Panther point guard will put on a display for the ages. But when the game starts, it's an all East operation, as the Spartans race to a 16 to three lead. Norfolk fights back with a streak of its own and actually holds a 30 to 29 halftime lead. The third quarter, though, is the Sommerhalder show, as brothers Sam and Scott combine for 16 of East's 28 points and open up the lead for Coach Paul Forsch and the Spartans to 13 points, 57-44. to 44. That's when Omen turns Faust loose. The feisty guard will attack the basket with abandon, hitting leaners and fadeaways and sky-high layups. Then Faust will mix in a couple long bombs and several one-arm gunslinger passes to shooters along the sidelines. The Panthers and their ball handler grab the momentum by the neck and force their will on East and the Devaney crowd, many of whom can't believe the shots and passes Faust is pulling out of his bag of tricks. Twenty years later, Omaha Central will be the darling of Nebraska prep basketball and even the nation via, via a Sports Illustrated article as they use their innovative dribble-drive offense to break down defenses and open up shooters. But on March 13, 1987, it's like Faust has come from the future in his own time machine to show off the power of the bounce, the dribble, the drive, and the dish as he puts up a fourth-quarter box score of 10 points, four rebounds, four assists, and the two free throws that put Norfolk up 67-65 with a minute left. 
That lead will survive a frantic last minute of East misses, Norfolk rebounds, and missed Panther free shots before three Spartan field goal attempts rim out in the final moments. The Sports Center crowd, many of whom have adopted the maroon and white as their own personal Hoosiers, roars, and Norfolk and Coach Oman will play for the title. In the Saturday state championship game, they will face Lincoln Northeast and first-year head coach Rick Kalura. The Rockets, who had eliminated Norfolk from the 1986 tourney in the final win of the 37-year career of Northeast legendary coach Ed Johnson, have ridded the tournament already of the Metro Conference. First, dispatching Kalura's mentor Tom Hall and his Omaha Westside Warriors in the quarterfinals, and then the Millard North Mustangs and hotshot guard Rodney Monroe, son of Earl the Pearl, in the semis. Millard North, with its incredible football championship history, has only one victory ever in the state basketball tournament, the 1987 first-round win over Kearney. The game we will watch on Saturday begins to look like it will have none of the movie-like magic the Panthers have doled out in the first two rounds. Within uh, two minutes of the third quarter, Norfolk has stretched its lead to 50-38 to and maintains it for an entire quarter. When Rocket starter Dave Savela fouls out with just 4.30 left in the game, it looks like the Panthers will win this one the easy way. We should know better. Northeast center Brad Richardson and role player Dan Lessoing start finding a little magic of their own. Lessoing, who will be more famous in girls' basketball circles in the modern day as a force behind the highly successful Shooting Stars club program, has a three-point play and Richardson hits a series of jumpers. Drahota stems the tide momentarily with four straight free throws, but then the Panthers turn the ball over a couple times and Lessoing hits another jumper to tie the game at 58-all with just 57 seconds to go. Price, the defensive hero of the first round, quickly answers with a jump shot to put Norfolk back on top by two. As the ball moves to the other end of the court, things go from frantic to outright crazy. With a Panther foul, a missed rocket free throw, an offensive rebound by Josh Tramley that's kicked to Lessoing, who converts another three-point play and puts the Rockets on top for the first time in the entire second half, 61-60. The last minute of the game seems to stretch on and on, as each team has the ball twice with no luck scoring. Instead, we see Drahota's fifth foul that sends the Panther All-Stater to the bench. Finally, Richardson stands at the free throw line for a one and one with 13 seconds left and a chance to stretch the rocket lead to two possessions. Remember, the three-point line we see painted on the Husker floor below us is for the colleges only in 1987. It isn't a high school rule until 1988. Everyone in the bob around us is standing, and Richardson, the tournament's leading scorer, lets his shot fly. The ball strikes the rim on the top front right and hops further right toward the bottom corner of the backboard. Norfolk's Furbacher goes high and corrals it, and the clock starts ticking. He pivots successfully. He had traveled on a similar rebound only moments ago and outlets to Faust on the Panthers' left sideline. Twelve seconds left. Faust takes two calculated bounces as he scans the floor. He has runners moving up both sidelines as the Rockets retreat in full gallop ahead of him. He makes his decision and zips the ball up the left sideline. 
As it crosses the midcourt line in front of the old sign curve University of Nebraska logo in the center circle, the clock ticks to 10 seconds. The ball finds Chris Price in the corner. He leaves his feet to secure the pass at 9 seconds. Price contorts his body to land in a perfect two-foot jump stop, toes pointed directly to the hoop like a summer camp demonstration, and immediately springs back up. Eight seconds left, and Richardson is the nearest rocket. He stretches his six-foot, seven-inch frame towards Price's release point, but the ball beats him up, and as it reaches the top of its arc, the clock ticks to seven. Price leans toward the baseline, eyes still on his target, and the ball hits the net, splashing the twine up to the rim and bounces on the Devaney floor as the clock says six. Northeast grabs it and steps out to inbound, Five. The ball is outlet to the left again as the Rockets try to recreate the play that just put Norfolk ahead 62-61. Again, two quick dribbles. Three seconds. Richardson is the first down the floor for Northeast. Heading for the lane, the ball is headed towards him as the clock ticks to two and he reaches for it. From behind comes the first Panther back, the sharpshooter, Chris Price, who for the second time in three days goes high to knock a pass away from a bigger player to thwart a last gasp shot. The ball is bouncing harmlessly to the rocket bench as the one on the clock becomes all zeros and Norfolk is the 1987 state Class A champion. It was a storybook finish, said Omen. Nothing you can plan, you just let her happen. He wanted it all the way, explained point guard Faust, speaking of Price. He was saying, get it to me, get it to me. It's the shot that everybody dreams of, said Price. You pretend in the driveway and in practice. Ah, the last shot of the state tournament. Yeah, we win. Twenty years later, at a reunion of the champions, Drahota would echo the famous line from Hollywood's basketball storybook. Quote, it showed that the small schools could play with the big boys on the big stage. We won it for all the smaller teams around the state who came close but never got it. It's something I'll never forget. In March of 1987, that storybook ending belonged to Chris Price and Rob Faust and Troy Drahota and Coach Dave Oman and every Norfolk Panther who played or cheered or stormed the Bob Devaney floor to celebrate. Want to see the video clip that allowed me to recreate that sequence in such detail? You know where to go. The Nebraska High School Hall of Fame. The Gene Kruger basketball display at the hall has several video clips in its multimedia section. Watch the 1971 Miracle on Vine Street. See the final crazed moments of Wahoo's comeback against Pius in 1989. They are right on the screen at the Hall of Fame, along with pictures and facts and stories about Nebraska's greatest basketball teams, players, and games. Isn't it time you saw it for yourself? The Hall of Fame is located just north of Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Make it part of your next trip to the capital city. Omen will tell the Lincoln paper after that game, quote, to succeed in the state tournament, you have to play well and have some luck. We definitely had some luck at the end of our first game, and there was a little luck and a lot of guts in the semifinals. 
Coaches would do well to note Omen's words as closely as sports writers have been doing since 1969, because not only did he bring Norfolk the first outstate basketball title since 1972, he repeated the act for Grand Island in 1999 and then again in 2002. Three teams from outside Lincoln or Omaha have been crowned Class A champions in 44 years since that Columbus 1972 win, and the head coach of all three teams, Dave Oman. Coach Oman will take the practice court in a couple weeks for his 47th season as a head basketball coach in Nebraska, if, if my math is right. And I admit, I had to use my fingers to total up his career from Table Rock to Wilbur to Norfolk to Grand Island, to Donovan Trumbull, and now Centura. And if he ever hangs up that whistle, undoubtedly to the Nebraska High School Hall of Fame. Until next time, this has been Suiting Up Varsity. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at SuitUpVarsity. See us on Facebook at facebook.com slash SuitingUpVarsity. When you get there, You can ask questions about Nebraska high school sports history or leave suggestions for future episodes or tell me about my mispronunciations. I know I have trouble with Norfolk, and I know that last week I got Bob Knickrum wrong because I didn't know to pronounce the K. I do now, Bob Knickrum. We hope to hear from you soon. Also, if you like this podcast, Take time to rate us on iTunes or wherever else you find your podcasts. It helps others find our show when they search. This has been Suiting Up Varsity, Episode 6, written and produced by me, Greg Mays, technical and research assistance by my brother Tate Mays, helpful audio advice and encouragement from Chris Shukai, and as always, dedicated to Jerry Mathers, the godfather of Nebraska high school sports history and the inspiration for this podcast. Suiting Up Varsity is the anchor show of the Nebraska Varsity Network. Copyright 2016.